You're listening to Sports Connections with David Smale, the show that brings you a fun and intimate look into connections throughout sports. Now here's your host, David Smale. Ron Jackson is a 10-year veteran of Major League Baseball with five different teams. Following his career, he went into coaching, spending nearly 20 years as a hitting coach. The highlight of his career probably was in 2004 when, as the hitting coach for the Boston Red Sox, he won his first World Series ring, the first for the Red Sox in 86 years. Jackson was a widely popular teammate who was a friend to everybody in this clubhouse and probably many of the players in the other clubhouses as well. Mention his name around baseball people and they'll all say, oh, Papa Jack. He now runs a youth baseball program in his hometown of Birmingham, Alabama. So, Papa Jack, welcome to Sports Connections. Oh, I'm happy to be here, Dave. Now, uh, let's start with your upbringing. You grew up in a large family with plenty of brothers and sisters. How did the competition between siblings prepare you for life as a professional athlete? Well, you know what? My daddy did a great job, and my mom. Uh, one of the biggest things that he kept us off the street. You know, he worked with them. Uh, uh, most parents uh, want you to go to work and uh, not play baseball. My dad had paid us. He had his own uh, organization, Brick Mason Company, and uh, he would let us go uh, get off from work and go play baseball. And I think that was real big in my upbringing. Now, were you competitive with your brothers? Yes, definitely. You know what I mean? We all played sports. My oldest brother uh, started us off. He played at Miles College football. And then I had another brother named uh, Kenny Jackson. His real name is Lawrence Jackson and Demetrius Jackson and myself. And I got another brother who played baseball at BYU on a baseball scholarship. And, yeah, it was very competitive. I remember being out in the streets uh, at home and uh, Demetrius, Kenny, and myself, we all used to race down the streets trying to see who's the fastest. It's both of them a little bit older than me, but uh, I think Kenny was a better athlete than all of us. Uh, he signed with the Chicago White Sox uh, and then with Lamar Johnson. They both, uh, well, Kenny got to, I think, high A ball and Lamar Johnson made it to the big leagues. Had a, a very promising career in the big leagues. But, uh, but Kenny was faster than Demetrius and myself. I was pretty much right behind Kenny, but, but Demetrius was third place. But he and I was neck to neck. Yeah. Now, if you were like any typical family growing up, each kid tried to be better than the one before them. Who was your, who was the one you tried to beat the most? Obviously there was rivalry with all of them, but who was the one, who was your biggest rival uh, among uh, your brothers? Well, my rival was uh, Kenny cause he had the most talent, you know? And I remember we at home uh, playing around on the side of the yard, we playing football or whatever. Kenny always used to try to make me tough. You know, he I'm gonna grab him and, hold him down and and he didn't know how strong he was and so I, I it really helped me out and prepared me for what I'm doing right now okay now Kenny played uh, made, played professional baseball you played professional baseball Demetrius played professional football did you guys all play all sports and just whatever season it was that's what you played around the neighborhood well we pretty much played uh football and baseball okay yeah my dad, I remember my dad going out buying each one of us uh, equipment. You know, he brought me third baseball glove and brought Demetrius uh, our catching equipment. And Kenny, he played 
uh, first base and outfield. And I'll never forget my mom said, you're going to go out there and buy all this equipment. You got a family of 14 and they're only going to leave these gloves and balls uh, out on the field. Is somebody going to steal them or are they going to get wet? And uh, But it paid off. My dad knew what he was doing. And, you know, in Christmas time, we always get uh, footballs and that type of stuff. Christmas skates, and we had to share a bike together. Two uh, brothers, four of us. Uh, my oldest brother was way, you know, in the service, but it was four of us, and so we had to share baseballs. I mean, a, a, a bike together. Okay. Now, um, you mentioned that you played baseball and football. Why did you? Why did you choose to, uh, baseball to specialize in? Was that where you had the most opportunities? Uh, you, I know you, you were drafted by the Angels, is that correct? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, did you have opportunities to play college football? And if so, why did you choose baseball? Well, you know, I picked baseball because uh, ever since I was seven years old, I always wanted to be a Major League Baseball player. I did not know when I got in junior high school that I was going to be good in football, too. Uh, in junior high school, I played football and baseball. And when I got to high school, uh, my coach didn't know that uh, I was a good football player in junior high school. So uh, I remember one day I was playing linebacker, intercept the ball, and I ran it back. And one of the, the head coach said, hey, I didn't know you can run the ball like that. Do you want to be my one of my running back? And then he said, come out the next day, we'll learn the plays. And I said, I already know the plays because I learned it down in uh, A.G. Galveston Middle School down in you know, in, in, in Cairo, in Roosevelt. And uh, so once I got that out of, out of the way, the rest of his history, I ended up, ended up uh, playing both ways, linebacker and running back. And uh, I had numerous scholarships to go play football and baseball. And I ended up signing a baseball contract uh, with the Angels. What happened is that I was the first somebody from my high school to be selected to play in the high school all-star game in football. And scouts down at University of Alabama would make it good. And uh, most of this, um, the scouts that whoever, the coaches, they sent me some plays. They said, uh, we got a lot of running backs, uh, Papa Jack, Ron Jackson. Uh, will you uh, to accept these plays for foot, I mean, for our, uh, running back and wide receiver. And I say, yes, I'd be glad to. So uh, I was studying both plays and running back and wide receiver. And guess what? The next week, the California Angels come knocking on the door and drafted me as their number two draft choice uh, on the major league level. So I had a tough decision to make. I knew I was going to my mom, my dad, to pastor, the principal, the coaches, and my brothers, and everybody. And so I finally came to the conclusion that I better make up my own mind because if I fail, I can't blame anyone else. Right. And I end up uh, uh, signing with the California Angels. And, and boy, I tell you what, a lot of the people didn't like that. A lot of people didn't know I played baseball. They just thought I was a football player. And so all my classmates, and they were shocked when they found out that I went to uh, play uh, baseball. But uh, I'm, I'm glad I did, and I can still walk, you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm just happy and thrilled that I picked baseball over football. It, it's interesting, Ron. I, I, 
I've always thought it was it was ironic or unfair that God would give one person the ability to play a whole lot of sports. Those of us who didn't have ability in any of them would have loved to have the leftovers. You know, if he, if you were going to be a major league ball player, how come he didn't he didn't give me your football ability? You know, but that that's a that's a different discussion for a different day. Uh, well, 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 God give us talent. No, it's give someone, some two, some three. Yeah. Some of those talent can be in other way like you're doing right now you know what I mean so yeah. you put in what you're doing you know what we're not we're not great in everything okay yeah. you're good at what you do and I'm good in what I do but that doesn't mean I'm better than you or you better than me it's just like this is what God gave us and use it to your best ability yeah and I'm I was only being slightly facetious I understand there's a lot of overlap between being a great baseball player and being a great football player Things like hand-eye coordination, and that leads me to my next question. Your dad was a brick mason and was a master craftsman brick mason, and I understand that he took all of all of uh, your brothers and you to the to the job site. And and I, as you know, I know your nephew pretty well, and he told me the story that his dad that your dad would uh, toss the bricks to you guys and expect you to catch them and lay them on the wall and. Do you think that helped the hand-eye coordination that helped you become a pretty good hitter in Major League Baseball? You know what? It helped you all the way around and not just being a, a great hitter. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you the truth is that I did not know that that was going to help me pay the way for me to be a good baseball player and football player because back in the days, they didn't have a lot of weights. Yeah. Okay. And when, when we get up on the scaffold, two or three scaffold high, you got to get the bricks. You got to flip them up with a stick and you got to be able to catch it. If you don't have soft hands, I tell you what, you're going you're gonna to tear your hands up or you're going to get hit in the face or whatever. <laughs> so you learn how to catch the, uh, the bricks and give with it. And the same thing catching the baseball. You don't fight the ball. You receive the ball. And so... Uh, I don't know if my dad knew what he was doing or what, but it sure paid off for myself, my brothers. I always used to wonder why the Jacksons are better than some of the other uh, players on the team. They're always the better. All, all, every one of us was captain of the football team, and uh, we was always the best athletes. And uh, I think with laying bricks and carrying the mortar, that was the weights that we had. We was ahead of our time before weights really came into his own. And, and even carry that further, you were you went to a segregated high school and I'm sure the facilities and the and, and, you know, the weight room and things like that were not up to standards, even in that day to the white school. So you made use of what you had. I don't know if your dad was planning on all of his sons, you know, going into college or professional sports. He looked at you guys as probably cheap labor <laughs> who he knew right. could do the job and he knew had that work ethic that than he needed. And, and maybe the, the residual was the fact that it would help you in your athletic career as well. Exactly. You know, I didn't, you know, my daddy, you know what, uh, i tell you what, it kept us off the street. I think that one of the biggest things that he was doing. Uh, and plus we was the, uh, the, the boys was the oldest of the family. And I uh, had one sister, Donise. Uh, she was the second of the family, but, but the rest of the boys was pretty much right there together. Uh, Thomas, uh, uh, Tommy, uh, Kenny, uh, Demetrius, and myself. We, we came up pretty close together. So uh, 
my daddy uh, was blessed to have that because the boys was older. We helped him out to help raise the rest of the kids. Now you were you were drafted by the Angels, and it, obviously, like every other, well, practically every other player that plays Major League Baseball, you worked your way through the minor leagues. I mean, there's the Bob Horners and people like that, but they're the exception. Um, what was the biggest challenge that you faced in getting to the big leagues? Well, you know what? The work ethics, you know what I mean? Just like you said earlier with the brick mason, uh, laying bricks and, 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 and uh, doing all that stuff, it was easy for me because the work ethics was easy for me because it, it taught me at an early age. Playing baseball was pretty much easy to me. But uh, along the way, riding the buses, you know, you got to crawl before you walk and all that stuff. But uh, riding the buses, getting up in the morning, you know, taking off, going to another city. That's why I always said that baseball players appreciate uh, once they get to the big league because they had to go through all of that, just like life, a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And so we ended up having to ride those buses and appreciate once you get to the big league, you don't want to go back. My, my uncles are major league baseball agents. They're, they're retired now, but they were in the business for uh, more than 40 years. And they st actually started with NFL players. And after a while, uh, part of it was the, the difference in the contract ability with, you know, all the things that go into that. But one of the things they told me early on is NFL players, have the, the tendency to be prima donnas because they've been the big man on campus in high school, in college, and they go straight to the highest level where most ball players, baseball players have to work their way up. And they might eventually become a prima donna, but they're especially early on are very appreciative of where they, where they are at that point and how they got there and might appreciate, uh, appreciate help a little bit more. So it's interesting that, that you bring that up. Um, what was your biggest challenge staying in the big leagues? Well, you know what, like they say, it's easier to get to the big leagues than to stay in the big leagues. You know, if you don't continue that uh, work ethics like I did at an early age, uh, it came easy to me because I, I, I knew to be on time and do all the little things and treat people the way you want to be treated. And I think that was, that, that, that was one of the biggest things that I had going for me, just the person I am and learn how to work with everybody, being coachable and and, and then giving back and uh, during the off season, you know, go back and, and work with the kids and, and in the gym with the high school kids and that type of stuff. I think that paved the way for me to stay to the big leagues. Where, I gotta ask you this. Uh, I, I've talked to, I know Bob Kendrick really well. I know you're friends with him. I've talked to a lot of yeah. people. And I mentioned in the intro, if you mention the name Ron Jackson, the, Typical response is, oh, Papa Jack. Where did the name Papa Jack come from? <laughs> well, you know, my first kid, uh, Ron Damian Jackson, was born in California when I was playing for the California Angels. And, and guess who was on that team? Nolan Ryan. You know, back at home, my brother, like Demetrius, you know, D's daddy and all my other brothers, they always just called me Pop. Hey, Pop. Hey, Pop, Pop. You know, I guess because I look like my dad or whatever. But, <laughs> yeah, and then once my kid, you know, came along, uh, Ron Damian Jackson, uh, Nolan Ryan said, you're not Pops no more, you Papa Jack. Just like that, and it just stuck. Here I am at 22 years old, 
And everybody calling me Papa Jack, you know, so it stuck. And now it fit, fit me right now. <laughs> okay. Cause I know D, D calls your uncle pop. Yeah. Um, and, and, but that comes from the, the family thing of them calling you pops, even though you were not the oldest, you were what fourth. Yes. Um, but I'm the, but fifth, you looked, I'm the fifth child, the fourth, fourth brother. Right. Okay. But you looked enough like your dad that, that they called you that. Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, that's cool. I did not know that, uh, that uh, Nolan Ryan hung that on you. Well, yep. we, we talked about, uh, we talked about D and he told me about the time that in the city of Mobile, uh, they held an event to honor Hank Aaron. And he was, I think he was, um, he wasn't in Birmingham. He was in Montgomery at a TV station there. And he invited you to go with him. And you talked your way past security to get inside the house, to be there with the, with the Reggie Jacksons and, the, um, and, and Ricky Hendersons and Hank and Billy Aaron. Um, just talk about that, that talent. I understand that's not the first and only time you've talked your way into something where you maybe didn't <laughs> belong. So where did that talent come from? Well, you know what? Uh, it just treating people right and then uh, right with following you. Uh, I think that's very important. But to, to what happened is that D and I, we drove down to Montgomery, I mean, to uh, Mobile, and they moved Hank Aaron house to that double-A baseball field there. And uh, and D said, hey, hey, uncle, I don't have a pass to get up there where you're going. And I said, what? And then, I, and then when I looked up, I saw Reggie Jackson. You know, Reggie Jackson, we played together out in California. And so Reggie said, what are you doing down there, Papa Jack? Go on up here. I said, I'm not leaving my, 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 my nephew down here. And so Reggie said, bring him on up. And that's how we got there. And once he got up there and Reggie uh, mentioned it to D, he said, you can stay up here if you do one thing for me. You go to the commissioner, you interview the commissioner, and you ask the commission, the commissioner, uh, why there's a shortage in African American baseball players in the league. And these I can do that. And so Reggie was always shoulder listening to him, and they, they got it done. And uh Ricky Henderson was there, uh uh Ozzy Smith, you just go on and on and on. These guys are Hall of Famers, and and here I here my nephew and myself there with these guys here but uh d said that one of the best interview and the best time he ever had in his life and because and no disrespect to you but his all-time favorite ball player was ricky henderson so the yes. fact that he got to interview him was was pretty cool he he told that story in the book that we're doing uh wow. together on that um now what was your initial reaction we talked about the fact that you grew up in um, going to segregated schools stuff. What was your re reaction this past offseason when you learned that the stats from the Negro Leagues would be recognized by Major League Baseball? You know, I thought it was great. You know what? They didn't have the press back then covering the players. And, you know, I, I take my hat off to each and every one of them. You know, people don't realize they had to travel on bus, train, and do all that stuff to go to city to city. But I, only thing I can remember back in the days when they was doing that is that industrial league baseball here in Birmingham was big. You know, you go to work for Stockham and Sipco or whatever, and 
they put them on a team and they play all around the city. I really think that'd be a good thing that, that we need to do again because it taught us how to play the game. It taught me to watch these older guys play the game. But uh, overall, I'm just so happy and thrilled that they recognize their stats, you know, their families, you know, they're still here that I know they, they really just happened. This is happening. And the guys up, up above in heaven now looking down, I can say a guy that's still here that played in the Negro League is Reverend Breesome. And he's right here. He was a, he's a good friend of Willie Mays and uh, all the other Negro Leagues that came along. And uh, we got guys like Hank Aaron, and all those guys played in the big leagues. I mean, uh, played in the Negro League. And I'm just so happy to thrill that they paid the way for me. Yeah. And and I, I mentioned this to D. my all-time favorite athlete across all sports is Hank Aaron. And wow. so I've got a I've got an Indianapolis Clowns number five jersey wow. That, wow. that I wear proudly. So um, I, I do appreciate it. I'm I'm the I'm the rarity among journalists, one that I'm conservative. Um, but I I I, uh, I appreciate what the Negro Leagues does. I Bob Kendrick and I are good friends, and I've told him on many occasions, it really bothers me that my ancestors required that there be a Negro Leagues for African-Americans to play. That really, that pains me every time I think about that. But I'm so thrilled that the Negro Leagues did exist. And now it is part of baseball history. I mean, it was always part of baseball history. It's now an official part of, of baseball history. And it's interesting, Bob said one other thing. And when I did a podcast with him back in January, he said, baseball, unlike any other sport, your favorite player as a kid will remain your favorite player through your adulthood with football. I grew up in Kansas city. Lynn Dawson was my favorite. Well, before that, a guy named Chris Burford was my favorite player. And then Lynn Dawson was through the years. Now I've got current players who are my favorite players, but my all-time favorite baseball player still is Hank Aaron. And, oh it, was, my God. and it was because everybody was all wonderful and, and talking about how great Willie Mays was. And Willie Mays was a great player. But nobody talked about how great Hank was. And I think it was because Hank was much more reserved, didn't really trust the press a whole lot. And so he, you know, he didn't get the publicity that that Willie Mays did or a lot of the other stars at the time did. And it was just my personality. I felt sorry that nobody was rooting for him. Little did I know there were a lot of people rooting for him. But in my mind, it was him and Willie Mays. And everybody else was for Willie Mays, so I was for Hank Aaron. And, and it just developed through the years, and I actually had a chance to interview him one-on-one -on -one, uh, yeah. back in the mid-'80s. But um, do you agree that, the, that your favorite player, your favorite baseball player remains your favorite baseball player throughout your oh, life? Definitely. Hank Aaron, Willie Mays. I had two, but, you know, I can't kind of, you know, say one better than the other whatever. Yeah. Both are Hall of Famers, and uh, I remember going out watching Hank Aaron at Rigwood Ballpark. I think they, uh, the, the Atlanta Braves play against the Southern League All-Stars yeah. here in Alabama, and I used to go out there, man. I thought Rigwood Ballpark was uh, the big leagues, and, uh, and I got a chance to uh, meet Hank Aaron for the first time when I, when I signed a baseball contract for the Angels, and we was in spring training, and we ended up traveling together in spring training. Uh, and, and, and Hank Aaron came and said, hey, young man, 
what's your name? I told him my name. And then uh, he said, he started calling out names in Birmingham, Alabama, man. And that meant so much to me. And, and, and I, I talked about it all the time, all the way up to now, because I remember going down to with Marquise Grissom to his gala down in Atlanta. And uh, Hank Aaron was the, one of the guest speaker there. And I got a chance to meet him, uh, ended up taking pictures with him. Also at uh, Marquise Grissom golf tournament. That was the last time getting a chance to mingle with him. And he was just a, any ordinary person treated just like just to treat, you, to treat you like gold. And uh, I'm just happy and thrilled that I got a chance to meet him and be around him and talk to him. I remember what made me feel good is that when I introduced myself, he said, I know you, you're Papa Jack, Ron Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know, that, that meant a lot to me. Yeah. Who, who was your favorite player growing up? Well, you know what, like I said, Willie Mays, because he's from right here. Okay. But, it's a close uh, Hank Aaron and Willie Mays. But uh, I remember the mayor of Birmingham at the time, uh, Mayor Arrington, he said, Ron, you know, no, you're just starting out, but I got to pick Willie Mays over you because <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got his baseball in my only baseball I have is his baseball. So I need a baseball of you uh, in my, in my trophy case. Okay. So I ended up getting the baseball, but uh, overall, um, they was roommates. So, uh, they went to school together. So uh, he did real big on uh, Willie Mays. Is there one player from the Negro Leagues who's no longer with us that you wish you had met? Oh, Satch Page, uh, Josh Gibson, and Ruby Foster. Uh, he was one of the owners, right? Yeah. General something like that. I would love to have met those guys. You know, I heard long, big stories about the Negro League. You know, they had their own lights. They had their own hotels. And uh, they travel on the buses, and and they had a good time. They knew how to put on a show. You know, I've, I heard that uh, Negro League ended up showing Major League Baseball how to buy low and sell high. One reason why I say that is because they packed in 75,000 and Major League Baseball in the All-Star game was packing in something like 20,000. So they figured it out, said, what are we doing wrong? So the Nick World League paid the way for them to be what they are today. In Major League Baseball, who was your favorite teammate? Well, I had a bunch of them, to be honest with you. You know, a lot of guys took me up underneath their wing when I first got to the big, big leagues. Uh, guys like uh, Nolan Ryan, Don Baylor, uh, Frank Robinson, uh, Don Baylor, Frank Robinson, oh, Rod Carew, all those guys paid the way for me and also were good friends with me. They, they were my good guys to hang out with. And whenever I go out to eat, they say, you put your money back, little rookie. Uh, we got you. And I, I respect that. And I end up doing uh, things like that uh, when I got a little older. And guys like uh, Gary Pettis and guys like that, I used to pay for them. Yeah. Do you know that uh, D's least favorite player in all of your career is Rod Carew? Because he wanted to go to the games and see you, and, and you were a second baseman, and, and Rod Carew was the starter. And so he didn't like Rod. He wanted Rod to sit on the bench. So he told me he 
later learned that, you know, the reason that Rod Carew, he was a Hall of Famer. That was the reason he was he was starting. But he uh, he mentioned that he didn't like Rod Carew when he was younger. So. Right. You know, Rod Carew, seven time bad champion, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I ended up taking his spot when I got traded to the uh, Minnesota Twins and end up breaking his uh, fielding record. At first base, I should have won the Golden Glove. They end up giving it to Cesar Cooper, and I, every time I see uh, Cesar Cooper, I say, "Where's my Golden Glove uh, award?" You know, for winning the Golden Glove. He said, "Oh, Papa Jack, I know you should have won it, and but but you didn't hit uh, 380 that year." <laughs> yeah, but it's a defensive award. There you go. You know, and I think we need to go and research that over again. <laughs> <laughs> um. Just talk about some of your highlights in your career, 10 year, 10 year career, five different teams. What are some of the highlights that, that stick in your mind? You know what? Winning the World Series or your plan of coaching. I mean, winning the World Series with the Boston Red Sox after winning in 86 years. You know, they, they get kept telling us that we win the World Series. They got to put a statue of every coach and every player all around the stadium. I'm still waiting on that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that that was one of the, my biggest the other one was um I think uh my first hit in the big leagues in Kansas City I uh, got my first hit first time up stole second scored same at bat I think I was four for five uh uh the two games in the big leagues and and the other one is I think in Fenway ballpark uh where I hit my first home run and but there's a lot of other big time things that happened in my career and also uh coming back home giving back to the underserved kids here you know now i'm a papa of many <laughs> yeah and, and i want to i'll come back to that here in a second but i want to ask you one other question most major league ball players can tell you the pitcher maybe the count the situation of their first major league hit so what details do you remember you said it was in Kansas City against the Royals. What were the details? Who did, who 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 did you hit um, in that? that well, my first hit was against Fist Morris. Uh, base it up the middle, uh, line drive right back up the middle, and uh, they got the ball, and uh, then I stole second, and that's what I remember about that. Okay, I'll have next time I see Al, I'll have to give him give him grief about that. Um, right. Okay. Now you mentioned the fact your involvement with youth baseball in Birmingham, just talk about giving back to the kids in that role. Well, I look at it this way here. Someone helped me along the way. You know, I didn't just make it by myself. We all had someone, a mentor or someone to help us along the way. So everybody said, why you go back to Birmingham? You know, I say it was a big need here in Birmingham because, you know, you're the crime here and uh, trying to find a way to keep the kids off the street. And uh, we I had an academy in here uh, through Major League Baseball and they left out. Really disappointed in that, but life goes on. So I came over to Huffman and I partnered with Huffman who have a lot of underserved kids that need my help, I can probably could have went back to Major League Baseball, but I chose to uh, come here and give back and help the kids here in Birmingham, Alabama. That's awesome. And, and I, 
you know, I think when we talked earlier about what about God's plan, God gives us platforms. It's up to us to use them. You use your platform as a former major league ball player, former World Series champion to bring hope to, to kids that might have that same ability, but they just don't have the opportunity. So I, I think that's awesome. Yes. You know what? If anyone out there listening or whatever, uh, please, you know, do what you can to call me or whatever. I need a lot of help down here, you know, especially after Major League Baseball left out of here. You know, hopefully that the Player Association or somebody to come our way. You know, we they end up taking uh, $10 million out of the uh, state of Alabama, especially Birmingham, Alabama, where the academy was going. It was already ready to go, but they keep telling them we're not ready. So, you know what I always tell them? Make us ready. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell us how people can get a hold of you. You're, I, probably the best thing is the website where people can look in case they want to get involved, uh, especially people in and around Birmingham. Yes, my uh, ad, email address is btpapajack at hotmail.com. Not hotmail, yahoo.com. I'm sorry, that's my old email address. Let me say it again. Uh, BT, like in baseball team, papa, P-A-P-A-J-A-C-K at yahoo.com. Okay, well, uh, we just opened it. I was just looking for a website where people could go and then if they were, that had that much initiative, they could do it. You gave them your email. That's great. I, I, I love yeah. that, that you're that open to it. Uh, Papa Jack, I always like to let uh, people answer two final questions. The first is talk about your family. You, you know, we've mentioned your brothers and sisters and, and your first son. How many kids do you have? And just talk about what they're doing. Yes, uh, my son, uh, my oldest son is uh, Ron Damian Jackson. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator in high school for for uh, Ramsey High School here in Birmingham. And look like now uh, he's up for the head coaching job there at Ramsey High School. And then my daughter, she's a mother. She have two kids. I have two grand uh, uh, sons from her. And my oldest son, Damien, he have uh, uh, three kids, you know, two girls and one boy. And uh, my other son, uh, Noah, he doesn't have any kids. <laughs> so. Overall, I have my sisters, they all play softball. You know, my daddy is nine sisters. And so my dad, he always said, wow, it's those nine boys, <laughs> you know, but he was happy. <laughs> they learned how to play uh, softball. Uh, they was good, pretty good too. Yeah, and the athleticism, it, it just all, I mean, with, with five boys and, nine girls, 14. I mean, if they were all one, if, you know, if they were all baseball or all, excuse me, all male or all female, either have a really good baseball team or a really good softball team or, or whatever, but it's really amazing. The athleticism in that family. But the last question that I, I let people uh, answer and interpret however they want is what is your legacy? Well, my legacy is that I want people to remember me as helping youth you know what I mean? I, if I could take and, and and every kid out there, if I could save five or six of them or whatever, I think that would help my legacy move on. I think the biggest one is that working with guys like David R.T., Manny Ramirez, and Jason Veritek, also Frank Thomas, I can go on and on and on. And, and, and knowing that we got guys in the big leagues that are uh, managing now, you know, Dave Kapler, you know, you got uh, – Bay Roberts, I got 
uh, Cora, all those guys that's in the big leagues now uh, that I feel like, you know, I'm a part of them. That's awesome. Well, Papa Jack, it's, it's taken us a little while to get this together, but I appreciate your time. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for sharing with us and thanks for giving back. Okay. Thank you, Dave. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to Sports Connections with David Smale. Make sure to subscribe, follow, and rate the show from your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about David Smale and his work by visiting davidsmalebooks.com. Don't forget to join us weekly for new episodes. Until next time.